on today's show. What can the Mavs learn from Game 1? And what adjustments do they need to make for Game 2? May the 4th be with you on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavs Podcast. don't believe you shouldn't be here and welcome you're locked on to the dallas mavericks my name is nick angstead media member and nba channel manager for the locked on podcast network thanks for making lockdown maps your first listen every day we are free and available on all platforms including youtube where the best way you can help grow this show like it needs to grow anymore is by commenting anything below. Comment anything below. Comment your favorite Star Wars character. May the Force be with you. If we get a million May the Force be with you on in the comments, I'll be I'll be happy tomorrow. I'll be happy with that. You'll do a oh. whole pod with your Mandalorian <laughs> helmet on. <laughs> with the voice changer. By the way, number one show on the Locked On Podcast Network in the month of April, Locked On Mavs. Thank you to everyone making it happen. That's you. That's you making it happen. That's listening. That's commenting. All that stuff is helping us out. We really appreciate it. And joining me, couldn't make it happen without him. As always, my co-host, contributor, writer at Mavs.com. The Sith son, the one more thing, King. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? You know, just down in some applesauce. <laughs> just as someone some, does right before a Get some applesauce in the system. Milk. I could, I could rock some milk right now if I had some milk, but... Um, Man, I'm ready for game two. Bring like, it. Let's do this. Let's tip. It's tonight, nine o'clock. Um, still in Phoenix, game two. I, I'm just ready. I'm, I'm ready to see what adjustments happen. I'm ready to see how the Mavs respond. Phoenix is so much different than Utah. We, we talked about it yesterday. It's, just, it's a night and day difference. But how will this Mavs team respond? I'm, I'm really, really curious about it. It's a massive story. It's for the Mavericks. It's, it's a big thing because going down... 0-2 to this Suns team is huge, but if you can tie the series somehow, if you can tie the series, then all of a sudden you're in a, a pretty good position because you still have home court then. You have three games at home, hopefully, then to take back, and uh, the Mavericks definitely played better at home. The, ro- the role players played better at home and all that, so... Today we're going to get into uh, what adjust or what things they can learn from Game 1 and then what adjustments they need to make in Game 2, so let's just start with couple of things from game one Isaac what's thing what's one thing from game one the Mavs need to learn from uh and I think there's a one big one to start with well I don't know if it's going to be yours you kind of set it up there like I I got it there's only one right answer there is one right answer do you have it (laughs) um I mean they got to make more shots they got to score more that works there it is perfect end the show make more shots just make more shots. That's it. <laughs> Call it I mean, day. I think a lot of, you know, I, I tried to listen to a few things today. Listen to McMahon on Zach Lowe. Uh, I haven't got mm-hmm. a chance to listen to Rosillo yet. Um, you know, I think from a Mavs angle, I think a lot of Mavs fans that are clinging for something really good right now <laughs> or being positive, uh, we're all just looking at that fourth quarter and saying, all right, what can we learn from the fourth? And because it is May the 4th. So how can, um, what can they learn from it? Is it sustainable? Like, can you do it for a longer stretch beyond just a, you know, sounds are up 20. Let's just throw it out there in the fourth. And was it, was it gimmicky or is it legit? And I want to lean towards it being legit. So I think that's the thing is like, 
Dorian at the five. How much do we see of it tonight? Yeah, that's a big thing that, that they can learn from game one is that that worked. It worked for a little bit for them. That fourth quarter was yeah. like the one like thing that actually worked for the Mavericks as a team in game one. And they can learn from that by saying, hey, we got to play a little bit faster, play a little bit more multiple. We got multiple different options and guys that can do a couple of things. Instead of just playing Dwight, it's pretty one-dimensional on offense. Maxi at this point, pretty one-dimensional on off on offense. And so to have those three guards and the two wings in there, that really changes a lot of things for you. The big thing for me is the thing that everybody talked about at practice, um, that everybody or that everybody talked about at, at practice. They talked about after the game is the defense. The defense has to be better, and this Mavericks team can't come out and start slow and sloppy and start like they were a deer in the headlights or play scared. Um, Maxi yeah. even said he he said these words that we maybe played a little nervous to start the game. This team did play nervous, absolutely. That's what it looked like for sure. And if so a player on the team is saying, "Hey, maybe we played a little bit nervous," I'm going to take his word for it because that's definitely what it looked like. That's the you know the like the words of the players and my eyes matching what they're seeing right now is when the Mavericks came out, they were they played scared. They were like, "Hey." What are we going to do against this Suns team? And then they had the three turnovers in the first four possessions. And then all of a sudden, this team was just playing from behind the whole game. Jason Kidd mentioned that at practice, that they can't play from behind the whole game. So you got to come out and be aggressive. And you have to be confident in your defense and confident in what you're doing. And one of the big ways that they do that and they change is communication. That was a huge point at practice between Maxi and Dorian. And then even Luca after the game was just talking about how the defense was the, the reason why the Mavericks lost this game. They need to be better communicating. And I think it was Luca that said, even the bench, like even the bench, we have to communicate better because the bench has been a huge part of this defense. You always see like fit, like Theo Pinson, like way out, way out over here, like on the side, outside of the bench area. Sean Sweeney, who's, you know, interviewing for jobs now is, is going to be, uh, Get he, away. Has, he has to be, <laughs> yeah, leave, leave Charlotte and never come back. Um, but he has to be, you know, big in, in communicating and all those guys are yelling at the bench, but it, it's down to the players that are on the floor to respond to that communication and to, you know, to, to be better and to be in the right spots and all that kind of stuff. And you just saw guys, guys just getting a, a like a half second late and this Mavericks defense relies on guys being right in the, right in the spot that they need to be or getting there right before the offense is comfortable enough to take a shot, right? Like just, just get there right before, make the shot, make the pass just a little bit worse, make the shot a little bit worse. And then all that stuff adds up and eventually it becomes a good defense. And eventually it hurts the offense that Suns didn't deal with any of that, right? They didn't deal with any, like all their passes were, were clean. All their, all their shots were, they had a lot of open shots and all that. The Mavericks have to ramp up their defense and it starts with the communication. Yeah, there's a couple of different things I was going to say. Shout out to Chris Paul for giving Theo Pinson some love uh, post-game. Uh, Dave McMenamin. There's some good, there's some good players on this team. Luca, Brunson, Pinson. Well, Reg, Reggie <laughs> more Bullock. Than a, the, more uh, than a hype man. Um, don't ever disrespect Theo Pinson again, Dave. No. Um, <laughs> but, but no, you know, they, they looked a little shell-shocked a little bit at the beginning. Sure. You know, we, we just came off of watching March Madness and – um, it, one of the things I actually enjoy it in the final four and a national championship game of college basketball, seeing like, these are just kids out there. They're so nervous. And it's like, dude, I, I don't blame them. I would be so amped too. like just, you know, the, everything. And that's the vibe I got of that first quarter from the Mavs of like, they were just, it, it's a huge stage and you are the underdog. Like, I, I know it's hard for like Mavs fans to like listen to us and be like, why are you all not, you know, saying sons and four, you know, Mavs and four, you know, and all that. It's like, 
there's a reason why, like even Low and, and you know McMahon today, and they were joking about all 20 ESPN people picking the Suns in the series. Like that's realistic. It's okay. Like we can still be diehard Mavs fans and understand why people pick the 64 win best team in the league, Phoenix Suns, to win this series. But the Mavs, like, let them gain composure. Let them chill out. I think we'll see a different you know start to this game. And yeah, just let's let's give it a shot. Let's understand that Phoenix is a really dang good team. So that's the big thing, right? Is that and, tw- and and this was a point. Sorry, this was a point I was gonna make a while ago because you, you started you started to make it, and I wanted to build on that because I made this note today. I went back and watched a little bit more of the fourth quarter again today, but I, I wrote this down. I said the Mavs didn't force them to do anything different than what they want. No, like across the board from rotations, like you you, you joked about on yesterday's pod that it was like semi disrespectful that they're out there, you know, putting Booker and Chris Paul and these guys just on the bench because Joe it's like Monty played 14 minutes. Yeah. And it's like it was like Monty's like, you know what? I don't have to really split their minutes against this. Dallas team. Chris Paul played and 29 th- minutes. So it's like. They didn't force them. You look across the board. Look at their stats. We went over like what Phoenix likes to do game plan wise and all this stuff in the regular season. You you look at it from the three pointers. Like they're bottom of the league in shooting three pointers. And we were talking about going into the series. Will Dallas try to force them to take more threes? Well, guess what they didn't do? They didn't even attempt thirty threes. No. And they they typically they're at the bottom of the league. They typically attempt thirty two a game. They attempted twenty eight. They took a lot of twos. That's what they love to do. So it's like everything they wanted and everything that they're good at, they just they got it. And Dallas never made them feel uncomfortable to where they had to change up things. And that's what has to change. That's what has to change. That's a couple of things we learned about game one. Now let's focus our attention on game two. What adjustments do the Mavericks need to make? What things are we expecting to see in game two? Talk about all that and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about a daily fantasy app. That makes it easier for you. You don't have to figure out, okay, well, who's playing this and blah, blah, blah. What's going on? It's prize picks. Daily Fantasy made easy. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. You can go to prizepicks.com right now. You sign into your account, and you can see the games that are in front of you. They have uh, NBA. They have all kinds of different other sports. They have eSports on there, too. Um, right now, they have... Uh, Let's see. That game's already happening. Let's go. They have actually live stuff right now. They have a game that's happening right now. They have Warriors. They have uh, they have Warriors and Grizzlies right now. But if you want to do another game, let's say they have James Harden and Jimmy Butler. Let me just pick those two guys. James Harden, 22 and a half points. I can pick the under on that. 21 and a half points for Jimmy Butler. I can pick the over on that. All of a sudden, I put it together. I can pick different multipliers and all that, and I can win some money on prize picks. Go check it out. It's prize picks, the award-winning app, prizepicks.com. Download it. Try it today. All right, Isaac Harris, thanks for making Lockdown Apps your first listen for your next listen. Check out the Lockdown Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from local experts and NFL, NHL, MLB, all that. It's Locked On WNBA. Now. They don't have that. We do have a Lockdown no. Women's Basketball show that is powered by the next hoops, which I am very proud of. That has a, Let's a, go. Incredible lineup with Howard Medgill and all them. Howard's an OG. The Wings start, season starting up soon. All right, well, Isaac, let's get into game two. What's um what's one thing you're expecting to see in game two that maybe is different from game one? Uh post up Chris Small more. Mm. You know, I I just because I started to talk about small ball, I think we will see that's the biggest thing is small ball. How much will we see of 
of Dorian at the five versus, you know, how many minutes has Dwight played? Is he spot start? I'm sure we can talk a little bit more about that, but um, just trying to stay away from the obvious. Let's take advantage of Chris Paul on Luca more. Try to hunt that out more. Try to get that mismatch and immediately take it to the block. He did that in the second half, Worked. in the fourth quarter a little bit more. Just try to attack, you know, and Chris Paul's a good defender at his size, but it's just Luca's got to take advantage of that. They have to make Chris Paul work. I think the Mavericks tried to do that a little bit when you saw Dorian picking him up kind of three-fourths court or full court. You saw Bullock picking him up three-fourths court. And it's not like they expect Chris Paul to turn the ball over in the backcourt. That's not what they're trying to do. They're not playing super you know, yeah. far up on him. They're just trying to make him work, make him tired, yeah. make him get to the end of the game. And he doesn't have enough legs to go 13 of 13. You know, that wears on your legs. Yes. Right. If you're if you're listening to saying, well, what, what does it do? What is it? it wears on your legs if you're constantly being picked up full court. Teams do it to Luca all the time. They try to make him work, pick him up full court and all that. And so that's why they've had Brunson or Dinwiddie bring the ball up. And yeah, maybe this maybe the Suns decide to do that and it changed it. But but the point is that the, the Mavs have to make Chris Paul work. And so to Isaac's point, posting up Chris posting up Chris Paul with Luca especially. And I think honestly Brunson too. Brunson should get in on that action too. He should be posting up Chris Paul. If Chris Paul is one on one against you, Brunson, post up. You're stockier than him. Like I, I think he can push him a little bit. Maybe not all the way to the spot that he wants, but just make him work. Get to get to a point because the difference between him and campaign is big. I know I know that campaign's a lot better than than we thought that he was two two or so years ago. He's gotten a lot better, but that difference between yeah. him that difference between him and campaign is pretty big. And so uh yeah, make Chris Paul work. Uh, the other thing, I think they need to make Mikael Bridges work a little bit more. He had five fouls in the game. I think they can put him in situations, especially against Luka, where he's f- forcing to foul. And I, I think they can get him into to more foul trouble even. Yeah, I don't know how much I want to attack Mikael, but... No, just put him uh, in situations. <laughs> no, I see what you're... Yeah, I mean, even like Luka had good numbers against Mikael if you want to do like individual breakdown stuff. I think he had like 14 points when Mikael was like the primary defender. Hold on, whatever. he didn't shut him down? <laughs> Mikhail wasn't the complete answer for Luca. Well, it's because Tory Craig was. They're saving Tory Craig <laughs> <laughs> for the rest of the series. Do you think that NBA assistant coach or the scout is sitting at home going like, uh, "Put Tory in. Put Tory. In. Play Tory more. <laughs> he only played three minutes." Um. Gosh, no, no. Okay, let me let me ask you this. <laughs> I because I, I think this is a a thing just to keep in mind as you know as a Mavs fan. How many players would you take? How many players on the Suns would you say is the second best player on the Mavs? I was thinking about this in the game. I was thinking about this as the game was going on last night because if you're just looking at the way that the game played out last night, it's Luca one, and then like a combination four, of four of four four Suns: Booker, Paul, Ayton, probably Bridges in there for sure. But like yeah. the problem is that doesn't have to be the case. Brunson was so good in round one that he can force himself into that conversation, but. After game one, and if you just looked at the regular season in game one, that's not a conversation. It's it's, it's Luca and then four Suns. But Brunson has for the Babs to win this series, Brunson has to be in there. He has to be one of those like next yeah. four guys. And in that and I made that as a note because I think it's just that's another way to look at this series of oh, well, they have four other dudes that would be the, the second best. And it, yes. it, and we love Jalen Brunson, but those four guys, even Bridges, is is better than Jalen Brunson right now. So it's just they're a 64 well, win team. Well, and they're all higher draft picks. Like they're they're talented guys yeah. that have been that have been around for a little while now and are really good and skilled in the areas that there are that they are in. And 
you know, they, they just they're t- more talented, and then they've been developed really well. Those those three guys, especially that have been with the Suns for the the longest time. Um, but Jalen Brunson can get himself in there, right? Like he can yeah. become one of those next guys where you go, oh, would I rather have Bridges or Brunson? Would I rather have Aiton or Brunson? Right? Like, I, seems like a crazy conversation because of the amount of money Aiton may be getting in the off season, but. Looking the way that Brunson played in the first round, why is that not possible for him? So I, I think it's it's on Brunson to, to become part of that conversation, and that's an adjustment the Mavericks can make. Uh, but what, what's the thing that Brunson needs to change to be able to get himself into that conversation? Because we didn't really see a very aggressive Brunson until later. He seemed to be a little shell-shocked, which is kind of wild because he's been in such mm-hmm. big games in his career. Well, he, I mean, it's just you hate to do like this is the reason, but – the foul trouble stuff just hurt him so oh, I much. Gonna, I thought you were going to do the media day thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so we talked to JB um, <laughs> at media day. and uh, <laughs> We're done. <laughs> this pause brought to you by Top Shot. Get a DSJ layup. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but no, I mean, I, I, Should the they fouls. Should they because they have DSJ? <laughs> oh, God. The the fouls just threw him all off. You know, he got two Dude. two fouls early, and then obviously you know, you're watching how aggressive you are both on offense and defense, and then it's just like you pick up the the third, and then your whole rotation thrown off. You play 11 minutes. Well, now you have to try to find your groove again in the second half. So it just throws so much off. And so I, I kind of want to just I want to give him a pass for this game because of foul, the fouls. And he's not it's not like he's Jaron Jackson Jr. out there to where he's fouling every other minute. So, you know, he, it's not that type of guy. So let, let's see how it plays out for him in game two. Something, say something, something notable for Brunson is he didn't t- he only took one three. And I think it was a heave. Yeah. I don't even think it was like a an actual three. And he only took one free throw, which, te- you know, is from the end one that he got. Um, he and, and look he's at not, the jump. He, he's not getting anything that's not made himself, which is notable. It's what the Suns are. It's what the Suns' defense is dictating. And, and I want to be careful of saying this because once again, the Suns are not Utah. But look at that first game against Utah. They lose. You know, it's what is Brunson? What you know? How's he gonna? And Brunson goes out and scores forty-one that next game. And it's obviously without Luca and all that. Once again, this is this is Phoenix. It's not Utah. You can't bank on the same thing. But let's just let's give it a chance. Let's see how he plays in game two there. Can we talk about the small ball thing just for a second again? So I, I went back and I don't know why I shook my head. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> yes. No, we can't. Um, audio audio podcast. I went back. So, you know, the small ball thing against Aiton there in the fourth. Aiton was a minus seven in the in the fourth quarter. He didn't score in the fourth quarter. He played about seven minutes. Dorian Finney-Smith, primary defender on him. Mm-hmm. Dorian's probably the best post defender on the Mavs. Um, maybe Maxi. But um, but anyway, I went back and I looked at the playoff series last year for Phoenix. So, you know, they play they play the Clippers, right? And this Clippers team that just, you know, just went small just to, you know, and beat Utah, similar to Dallas by going small, getting Rudy Gobert out on the perimeter, like all this stuff. So then they play Phoenix. And I look at this game five. So they they win by fourteen. This is the Clippers last year in the playoff. They they win by fourteen points against you know against the Suns, and by going small. So I look at the box score, and because I didn't have time to go rewatch the game, even though I wanted to, they started Paul George, Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, Pat Beverly, and Terrence Mann. Okay, this is like, hello, this is like the twenty twenty two you know Mavs here, and in this game, DeAndre Ayton. 
10 points, 11 rebounds. He was a minus 22 in the game. And, you know, obviously the Clippers won this game by 14 points. That was one of the, the discussions back then that we kind of forget a little bit is, hey, that, that series went six games. They went small. Aiden, man, how's he going to put, like, going against a small ball and all that. Is there something, I guess this is just the bigger thing, and I'm, I'm not expecting you to have an answer to this or anything. Is there something that the Mavs can look at from that Clippers series and say, hey, they at least won a couple of games. Like, Paul George had 41 in that game. The, a couple other guys had 20. You obviously need your guys to step up, but... They did that really consistently. Like Batum and Luke Kennard was their guys off the bench. Boogie played a little bit. But they pretty much just embraced small ball the entire time against them in that game five. Can Dallas do that from, like, we both agree that Dallas probably doesn't do it from the opening tip, right? I mean, they could. That would be no, wild if they do. do but, but I think there's at least some type of game plan there that you could look at and say, can we use bits and pieces of that? Is there shades of that that we could use in, in this series? I'm also looking at like the shots that Aiton got, right? And I think there's a th- I think there's one adjustment the Mavericks can make against DeAndre Aiton that I think could help them in this area. And so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the things that we expect. And I kind of want to talk about some wild adjustment. Like what's some off the wall thing that Jason wild. Kidd may try to do if it does get down really bad in the next game. So we'll talk about some wild adjustments we can think about coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's the best place to check out the odds, the lines, the stats, money line, the spread, everything for sports. You can check out NBA draft stuff. They have um, European basketball. They have all kinds of different things. They have Maverick Suns, the series odds right now. Suns, minus 600 favorite now. It's starting to rise. It's starting to climb. It was like Ooh. 280. It was like minus 280 before the series started. Now it's minus 600. Mavs are plus 460. So if you're feeling, if you're still feeling good about the Mavs, if you felt encouraged okay. after that first okay. game somehow... Put down 100 bucks, you'll win 460 on that and get your 100 bucks back. So go check that out. Bet online. Use the promo code. Actually, there's no promo code, but just go go check out. <laughs> there was. There used to be like two years ago. Go check out Bet Online. See what everything that's available. It's Bet Online, where the game starts. Use the promo code Nick20. <laughs> All right, Isaac. Let's use the promo code Isaac Harris. What you got for me? To talk about um, DeAndre Ayton, the, the thing that I, I think can can help the Mavericks is that Ayton only took like two or three shots outside of the paint. You, you got to force him to, to stay out of the paint, right? It's it's sort of this weird act that you have to do. But there there's times when I, we've seen players in the past. It's like Giannis or some of these players. You're like you, you can't you have to stop them from getting position. You have to be a, be aware of the where they are at all times, right? I think KG yeah. was kind of like this. You just have to be aware of where he is at all times on the court. And I think the Mavericks have to be aware of that with, with Aiton a little bit because they're so undersized against him. If the Mavericks had, you know, a Gilbert or, or somebody like that or a Miles Turner or somebody like that, they wouldn't have to do this. But because they don't, they can't allow Aiton to get good position. And so to allow him to get good position, I saw this on so many plays in game one where the Mavericks are paying attention to, to Booker and Chris Paul. They're like looking, they're in their stance, they're down, they're looking. And Aiton just like slips in and all of a sudden he's like deep in the paint and then he just gets quick position, and boom, he's like right there under the basket. Yeah. Like they can't do that. They have to make sure and keep him out of that restricted area, keep him out of the you know the paint area, the, the like the five to seven feet away from the basket, and push him out a little bit more. I'm okay if he takes twenty of those turnaround like little fadeaway jumpers that he took no. in in game one. Like he took a couple of those, and he made a couple of them, but. I'm okay if he takes that many shots. Like those are the shots the Mavericks should try to force him to take. And I thought Dwight did a decent job when he was able to push him out 
of the paint. But when he's in the paint, it's like Dwight wasn't there. <laughs> it's like he didn't. He, it's yeah. like he didn't even matter. Yeah, he's just he's so much different than Rudy that he has. It's not just touch, but he has like different moves, right? He's got the hook. He's got. Hold on. He's got the. Hold on. Can we rewind that? Is there phrasing? He has moves. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. You're there. like he has different moves. No, no, he has moves. He, you know, he has a jump shot. You know, and <laughs> although you, know, you and I, what was it before game? What, what game were we sitting in the the press box before we saw Rudy taking corner threes? Yeah, we did. He's like <laughs> yeah. out there taking corner threes and taking mid range shots. I'm like, why is my guy practicing like, shots? What? He's not gonna. Bro, just practice a hook shot, <laughs> um, a drop step, like just do something. <laughs> um, so from a Mavs angle, they got to move the ball more. Also, like you, they only had 16 assists in this game. They yeah. they're already at the bottom of the league as far as in the regular season. They only they're 25th in the league by averaging 23 assists a game. So you're already at the bottom of the league in the regular season by averaging 23 assists a game, and you had 16 in this game. They, they got to get it moving. That's what makes this Mavs team when Luke is out there and it's whipping around the ball, ball's movement. They they have to. It's harder because Phoenix plays such good defense. They, they rotate well. I know. And it's like even you know, there's that play there. I think it was in the first quarter that Dorian pump fakes in the corner. He drives baseline and he does that wraparound pass to the other corner. Well, Chris Paul just catches it like it was a pass to him, yeah. and it was supposed to go to Reggie. And it's like it's stuff like that that. They're game planning for this. They're reading it, and they just they got to get the ball movement a little bit more. And I also want to say something about you know Dinwiddie in this. I mm. think the fact that there's only a one point per game difference between Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie, I think that tells you something. Like they just they have to have more. Like they got Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, obviously, you know, you get Burton's Dinwiddie in that trade. It's like we we need you to be the third creator, the third scorer on this team. And I get Dorian gets the open threes. He plays with Luke a lot and all that stuff. I, I get all of that, but they need more than thirteen points a game in this playoffs from Spencer Dinwiddie. So we're still kind of waiting a little bit. To, they just need a little bit more from him. Point blank. Yeah, the, the, he had four games in in the first round that were like seventeen to twenty something points. That's what they need from him in, in these games. Yeah. They need four games of that, and so they didn't get one in game one. Hopefully, they get one in this. But it's hard when Luca has the ball the whole time because the other the, the rest of the team is kind of scared to you know they're 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 playing scared, and Luca's not going to play scared against anybody, and so he's handling the ball the whole time. He's taking over. It's nice to say, well, they got to get it to Brunson and get him more shots, and Dinwiddie, and he's got to get going more and. Those guys got to step up. Those guys got to step up and take command of it and almost like yeah. take control at times. And, and you sort of want to say, well, they, why would you want them to take the ball out of Luca's hands? I don't know why anyone would, would want that. But that's what they have to do to get going at times, right? They have to get their rhythm. They have to get their shots going. And if Luca's going to play 44 minutes, they'll have to do it with Luca on the floor. And it can't just be Luca because he needs yeah. a couple other guys to step up. And so that's what. You know, I think that's more on Brunson than Dinwiddie, but Dinwiddie, when it's just him and Brunson out there, he has to take take the the looks that are available to him and see, you know, and go to the rim against McGee. JaVale McGee's not just gonna block everything. He's gonna foul you. He's you know, he's gonna send you to the line. Like he's not just gonna he's not a perfect rim protector. So there's there's opportunities there for, for Dinwiddie to take and uh he's gotta take them. Yeah, for sure. And it's that it's the whole thing with, with Luca. It's like Luca shot fifty percent from the field. And the other guys, you know, or Dinwiddie and Brunson combined for what, nine for 24, 37%, you know, from, from the field. It's like, okay, well, 
it's that whole thing of like you need them to have the ball to get more confidence to score. But if you're Luca <laughs> and you're like, I'm shooting fifty percent in the field, right. like, but, I'm, not, I'm not taking less than thirty shots. Yeah, so I, you know, it, it's it's hard to it's hard from our seat, from my you know office chair here in my little house to uh, <laughs> to to be like, oh, you got to do this. Um, should Josh Green play in the series? Who who deserves more minutes, Josh Green say, or Dwight Powell? Ooh, I think Josh Green's not ready for this moment, <laughs> this moment in so many ways. <laughs> Uh, and maybe it's because he played off of the rest of the Mavs, but I don't know. The, he didn't seem ready for the Jazz series, and so I'm not sure he's ready for this series. He's just going to be in there to spell Bullock and Finney Smith. And he played more because Bullock was in foul trouble. That's definitely something we have to acknowledge. But, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I hope he has one of those games like he had in, in the first-round series, but I'm, I'm skeptical. Yeah. I, here's my thing. I tried to write out the ideal rotation now, and I'm like, it, you kind of get a little sad of like, okay, well, who has to play? You know, like that's the, yeah, especially it's who against, can, it's who has to. Yeah. So I think if it, it was up to me, I think I would bench Dwight and I would start Maxi and it would be Maxi Dorian, Reggie Brunson, Luca. And then obviously Dinwiddie off the bench. And then you're playing with fire a little bit of what type of, what type of minutes can you get from Josh? But I'll say it again, give Frank a little bit more run, like at least try. Mm-hmm. Like it, at least tried to give him some minutes out there. They that did. They, gave, they played him two minutes in game one. I I know it's just two minutes, but at least just see what it looks like. It, I mean, maybe he's a little bit more confident than Josh. Maybe he hits a three or something. And you're like, all right, Matt, that's another guy off the bench. We can at least give 10 minutes to or something. At least try it. What's a wild adjustment you're, you're, you're thinking about in this? Because if, I thought Frank throwing out Frank Nilakina in there, I thought was just a little bit of a curveball. And at one point, they had Frank and Josh out there, and I was like, "What? What is happening? How is how is this possible?" And it kind of works. Josh was a plus eleven in his minutes, and Frank was out there part of the time, so it sort of worked for the Mavericks. But is it more Frank Nilakina? Is it okay? Maybe this is a Davis Burton situation where we just try to get him like five or six three point attempts, something like that. Is it um, a Boban? It it's Chris? not Boban. I'm sorry, guys. I, I can't do the, the tweets or the DMs. It's like, why are we not putting a Boban? Like, guys, Chris Paul and Devin Booker would put him in a <laughs> pick and roll so fast and just eat. Yes. Um, I think the wildest adjustment that honestly wouldn't be like totally all against is Dwight's out of the series. You embrace small ball from the tip and you shoot 53s. Mm. And it's like. Ratchet it up. Bertans is coming off the bench and actually like part of the bench rotation. I get it. You're going to suck on defense they and all that. They throw him in pick and rolls. Too. <laughs> they throw him in pick and rolls, but your whole thing is we'll just try to outscore you. And you just do small ball and you just commit to shooting a million three-pointers. It's also, like, And that, it's honestly like yeah. committing to defense a little bit more too because Dwight's getting beat defensively. <laughs> so yeah. it's like we're we're committing to this you know smaller, wingier version of defense and hoping that we outscore you, which is honestly the, the whole point of basketball. But um, can we laugh for a second and say the Mavs only attempted 39 threes? So, uh, <laughs> in game one, it went against our rule. That's the reason. No, I'm just kidding, guys. Just kidding. They take uh, one but more. Seriously, uh, but seriously, take, take more threes. I mean, that. I'm not saying that that's the game plan or the recipe for every single team out there. But we're like I'm. I'm not just handpicking this because oh basketball three is more more than two. I'm I'm picking this because or I, we've been on this because of the makeup of this team that 
for you to score enough points and have that offense, like you gotta you gotta attempt a lot of three pointers. And there should not yeah. In my opinion, there shouldn't be a game this series they don't attempt, you know, more than forty. And once again, they could attempt forty four tonight and lose by twelve. And I'm not saying it's the end all tell all for this series, but they gotta they gotta shoot more. The Mavs also got sixteen corner threes against the Suns, which is not mm. not normal the suns don't allow corner threes they got 16 attempts they made uh nine of those 16 attempts which is really good that's a really good percentage on those those threes and so that's definitely something that you want to watch out for and and focus on is how can you create more of those shots how can you uh, create more of those attempts uh go ahead no, I was saying I've seen some people throw out the rebounding battle. I'm not as bullish about it in this series than I was Utah. Um, that you know Dallas lost 36 to 51. It's the hard Suns to get don't re- out rebound anybody. <laughs> well, well, my whole thing is like it's hard to get rebounds when the team's shooting 60. Yeah, percent So like right. you got to miss to get a rebound. Yeah. Um, and you know, and, and once again, we covered this yesterday, and it's not to be the Debbie Downer here, but somebody told me to this, you know told me this today in person they say there's no way phoenix shoots 50 percent again right i'm like well i hate to be the bearer of bad news <laughs> but they've shot above 50 percent in every single playoff game they've played this year and they were number one in the league in field goal percentage at 48 percent a game so they shoot the ball at a really high clip i'm not looking obviously 60 is different than 50 but they ended the game at 50 percent I'm not going into each game saying, you know what they're not going to do? They're not going to shoot at 50% from the field. I'm almost like banking on that they will because they're a really good team. A wild adjustment the Mavericks can make, I think, is is all of a sudden Frank Nilakina gets all of the Davis Bertans, Josh Green minutes. Ooh. And they try that. They just they throw him out there, say, Hey, we want we need we need defense. We're gonna throw you out there for your you know your length and your defense like that. We play you those minutes. Other than that, like a wild adjustment would be a Marquise Chris appearance. I just don't think it's going to happen. I got one for you. Um, Dinwiddie for uh, Bullock. In the starting lineup? And just, I, I'm just trying to think of something that's, I'm not saying that that's like the answer to anything. I'm just saying I could, if we're, if they go down 0 2 and they go, you know, they come to Dallas for game three and it's like, they're just wanting to switch something up. Dinwiddie for Bullock. I mean, and it'd be Dinwiddie for Powell, right? And just do the small ball. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of something that couldn't move some type of need. Like Frank, I'm all about Frank playing more. I don't know if Frank getting 12 minutes in the game is, you know, is, is putting them over the top, but we'll see. I'm excited for it. Game two. It's one thing that we've learned. I mean, playing against this, this Suns team and kind of the jazz too. You're like, the Mavericks are a couple rotations play rotation players short of a, like a real playoff team. They are. And it's true. And we, we knew that going into this and we know that it's, you know, true. We like the guys. We like Davis and Josh and Frank and you know all them and Sterling and all them, but and Trey Trey Burke. But that they're not perfect playoff players, and the Mavericks need because you look at, need a couple more of those. Yeah, because you look at Phoenix's you know top four, their big four there, and then even after that, Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson. Those are two good, solid role players. Yeah. Like where where are they? I mean, they're probably on that same level as Dorian and Maxi and you know those guys, and it's like. That's their, you know, that's their fifth and sixth player. Like Dorian's are th- are three right now. You know, <laughs> yeah. him or Dinwiddie, I guess, right, right. our third best players. So you know that that's that's just where good teams and they've, yeah, we don't have to dissect the Suns <laughs> roster, but that's where we are. 
that's what's going on. We'll be back with a post-game episode. Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen every day. We'll be back with a post-game episode with you tomorrow. Now make your second listen, Lockdown NBA. Lockdown NBA experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA. I'm on on Thursdays, less than 30 minutes, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom!